Hey, have you always wanted to be on the Best of Sales Skills podcast? Well, here's your chance. Do you have a sales question or maybe a sales challenge? Well, then I want to hear from you. You see, I'm always trying to come up with new ways to interact with the most important people involved with this podcast. And of course, that's you, the listener. Because without listeners, without an audience, it doesn't matter how good the host is and it doesn't matter how good the guests are. So here's something specifically for you, the listener. Ask me anything about sales. Ask me anything about sales and I'll answer it live on the podcast. If I don't know or if it's not in my area of expertise, I'll go and get another expert to answer it for us. All you need to do is send an audio message to mark at markmc.co and I'll play your question out live on the episode. Then I'll provide you with a detailed outline of what I'd do if I was in your situation. So again, what do you need to do? All you need to do is send an audio message, so record your question, and send that to me at mark at markmc.co, and I'll play your question out live on the episode. Of course, I'll then provide you with a detailed outline what I'd do if I was in your situation. Okay, can't wait to see what you've got for me. Let's get into the episodes. Bye. I'm Mark McGuinness. Thanks for listening. Ricky Pearl is someone I admire for a couple of reasons, so I'm really pleased to be hosting him on today's conversation. Firstly, his LinkedIn content consistently manages to be both education and entertaining, something many of us strive to do and only a few can pull off successfully. Secondly, he runs a very smart business called Pointer Strategy. It's all in on outbound. I know how difficult that can be, and for Ricky to have built a business as quickly as he has in such a difficult game is admirable. So naturally, we talk all about outbound selling today. As a result, this is a great conversation with plenty of home truths. I've decided to call it the myths of outbound. Some of the myths that we cover are how to open your cold calls, the real success rate of video, the true scalability of outbound, sales engagement tools effectiveness, and we also talk about the impact of poor advice on LinkedIn. Now, if you're looking for a silver bullet, You're not going to find it here, but you will find the answers to a predictable and profitable future in Outbound if you're able to read between the lines. Before we jump into this chat, can I ask you for a quick favor? My goal is to simply get this podcast into the ears of as many salespeople as possible. If you find this chat with Ricky to be of interest, please share it with just one other person. I'd really appreciate it. Now let's hear from Ricky Pearl. Ricky Pearl, welcome to the Best of Sales Skills podcast. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Mate, I'm delighted to have you here. You are the guru of uh, LinkedIn sales tactics at the moment. I'm really enjoying the content that I see you push out. looks like it's every day. You're posting every day? Jeez. Um, Now now you're holding me accountable. Now, I started off three times a week. like That was my goal and I found that hard enough. Um, But I have found that when I try to pick that up to every day, I do see that extra return on in, on the on the effort. Right. Okay. So look, if so, listeners, straight up, if you're not connected, if you're not following um, Ricky Pearl, do yourself a favor, stop the podcast, go to LinkedIn, follow him now, then come back. Um, yeah. Don't, don't follow me. Connect. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Ricky, what about that little welcome to the podcast thing? You're going to do some sound effects oh, for you us. You want that? There we go. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the podcast. Love it. Thank, Thank you very enough. much. Yeah. There we go. Perfect. So, uh, Ricky, um, so thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. We're in for a bit of a, a fun chat today. The main topic for today will be? Outbound. Outbound. 
Outbound. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that should have been the sound effect. We should, outbound. Yeah. yeah. I can I can do whatever you want. Outbound. Uh, <laughs> right. We, we'll keep we'll keep it we'll keep it tame from here. We'll keep it. Yeah, yeah, we won't right? do any more of those, I promise. Yeah, fine. Okay, so you know, and so Ricky, you've got a, a business called the Pointer or the Pointer, is that right? Yeah, Pointer, Pointer Strategy. Pointer strategy. So and you specializing in your sales as a service, as you call it. Is that right? Yeah. We, we're helping companies with that, that top of funnel, you know, startups, um, founders, um, scale-ups that are looking to grow and don't want the effort of building that top of funnel outbound um, prospecting kind of motions with in-house and are looking for some additional support to get the outcomes they want without the headaches that it comes with. Yep. Lovely. So, um, so we're in competition, kind of. Well, I think the likelihood of us competing on the same account is uh, pretty minimal, considering uh, we both kind of service global clientele. Um, in fact, it, it probably if we ever if we ever did come across the same client, we would have a friendly chat. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd help you get the deal. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. So um, the great thing about that is, of course, you're living and breathing outbound activity every day, right? Yeah. Like that's. That really is what we we're eating and breathing. Like obviously, we we do go a lot further into the funnel with our clients, and we do become um, a bit of a better support for them. You know, great. Now you've got the lead. What's next? But um, yeah, it is setting up outbound motions from Monday to Friday, and when I can when I can avoid it, not on the weekends. Okay, so 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 let's just. So do you go a little bit further into the end of the funnel? Like do you, do you actually do, you know, closing negotiation, you know, do you do some sort of transactional stuff for people on their behalf or are you just? Typically not. Like 90% of our deals, we are handing that over um, at that discovery um, mm-hmm. qualified lead stage. However, we, we just intimately involved with our organizations. Um, we, we trying to track the value that we bring to the organization through all the way through to revenue. It's important to us that our clients are getting a positive return on investment, because um, if they're not, they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be working with us. Like Correct. we'll fire ourselves, right? So, um, in that motion of, of of figuring out, like, is the value that we're putting in at the top of the funnel delivering revenue at the bottom of the funnel? Um, you know, there's a whole lot of processes there that we can help them smooth out, um, and often some of the outbound prospecting we're doing might not be for leads. It might be for their partnership channel. Yeah, right. So okay. uh, in a sense, we land up getting um, holistically involved in the revenue engine, but um, sharply focused on that top of the funnel. Okay. So we'll share some insights around what you're seeing around Outbound today in a minute. But how did you get into this? Like, where, what's your background? Uh, my background was as a business owner. I had a couple of businesses in South Africa. Like, I had a, a chain of laser hair removal clinics, believe it or not, and a cosmetics factory. And when I moved over to South, um, to Australia, and I got into those businesses by happenstance. Like my sister wanted to open up a salon. She was studying at Cambridge. I'm like, I'll open the business for you. I was like in uni. Anyway, so not to get into that, I moved over to Australia and those businesses all fall under therapeutic goods. There was no ways I could import that to Australia. I don't know if you've worked with Therapeutic Goods Administration, but if you've ever wanted to look up Australian bureaucracy and uh, in the dictionary, You'll see, you'll see Therapeutic Goods Administration right next to it. It's good that we have it, right? I'm a Aussie. I'm pretty proud of it, but wasn't that tra- the business didn't translate. But the skill I had was starting businesses, 
And I thought, you know, instead of me starting a business here, let me start a business that helps companies start a business. You, know, you could be a phenomenal lawyer. You could be the best mechanic. And 30 years ago, that would be enough for you to have a complete workshop or a full diary. Now, if you don't know TikTok marketing and how to advertise on Meta um, and all of these other modern techniques of high velocity sales, you could go out of business. It's not good enough just to have a good product anymore. And I thought, well, you know, I can help a lot more people be successful. And if I can help them achieve their dreams, I can become successful at the same time. So let me try to tap into that vicarious cycle. Okay. Well, good stuff. Well, I'm very glad that you did. Um, you know, what I can see you giving back to the sales community, you know, even just through social is, is, is worth it. So I know it's clear that you know your stuff. Um, and I think you know, you. I've interviewed a lot of people. I've spoken to, you know, I've interacted with a lot of people full stop, not just on the podcast, but when someone really knows their content, when they really have a deep understanding of what it is that they're doing, I think it really shows. And, and, and that's what I like when I, when I see your stuff, it really does. So thank you. We've got a lot of BDRs, SDRs, you know, sales managers, that sort of stuff listening. Yeah. What, what, what are you finding that's going on in the outbound right now? Oh, it is, it is a real hot mess worth of misinformation. Like that's, that's a lot of what's going on. You know, like you'll find on day one, some of the, uh, everyone's talking video prospecting, video prospecting. And then all of a sudden everyone's video prospecting and nobody sat back to say like, hello, does this work? Does this actually work? You know, and, and you've got someone who's everyone sponsored by video art or an advisor on their council all promoting it. And like all of these, all this advice is like pointing towards you have to do video prospecting or you're not even doing your job. And like, yep. no, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, wasn't that, wasn't, wasn't that a good, good trick by Vidyard? Like they just sponsor every sales trainer on the planet and, uh, they, then, and then you can't say a bad word. Yeah, and, and I'm sitting there like, I'm actually generating revenue from, from cold emails. I'm like, I would never put a video in an introductory cold email because it won't hit the inbox. You know, like I'm all for video. Don't get me wrong. If you're using video mid funnel, bottom of the funnel, customer success, um, video is an incredible tool, obviously. But cold prospecting, it's got a very particular use case and you really have to be nuanced to know what you're doing, both technically and strategically for it to be beneficial. But nah, like this was just like this massive wave of misinformation, of like a propaganda machine. Yeah, and, and I'm seeing that across the board on so many different things that are being like marketing driven by product, influencing techniques without anyone actually being connected to that bottom line, that revenue saying like, does this work? Yep. Okay. What else are you seeing from a misinformation point of view? Um, I think a lot of things are, again, tool driven. You know, Gmail can send 2,000 emails a day. That's a feature that it has. Should you send 2,000 emails a day? No, right? And, and so people are building functionality. Hey, you can track clicks and you can track opens. So everyone's like, oh, that's interesting. I can track clicks and when they click on this, then I'll know that they've clicked on it. But there isn't that thought behind, well, hold on, what's the net impact of this? So there's a lot of being sold to by product when it isn't necessarily beneficial. And broadly, that's where like a lot of the misinformation I'm finding is coming from because everyone's selling their product, but they're not trying to sell their product. 
they're trying to sell the technique that their product delivers or, or yep. something related to it. Yep. Um, we cut through all that. I don't know. I don't know how PG your podcast is, so you might have to cut this out post. But we cut through all that crap, right? Like what works. This is a scientific process of start, test, improve. You know, review, implement. You know, and just keep keep iterating through till it just gets better and better and better, with absolutely n- never being attached to the income. Uh, I mean, the input only being attached to the outcome. Correct. Yep. And there's no, there's no room for favorites when you're running multiple client campaigns and they all need meetings or conversations. Right? Uh, <laughs> and you ask us what works, I'll be like, well, this company, 95% of the emails, their, their meetings are coming from emails. When we phone, nobody's interested. Company on the right, we haven't gotten a single e- meeting from an email. It's the same, it's the same company, it's the same person, it's the same strategies and techniques, and we, we're using everything we know. They're getting not 100% of their meetings from phone calls. Like every time it's unique. And so I don't make any assumptions. We go in, we test, we'll find what works, we'll, find, we'll validate the channels, we'll val- validate the message, we'll, we'll find what works. And just every single week, an improvement, an improvement, an improvement, up until the point that you're getting the, the kind of conversion that you want. And then we might say, hey, all right, it's time for the next ideal client profile, or it's time for a, a different vertical. Uh, but yeah, so I think that's what I'm seeing a lot of, um, being product, product led. Yep. And, and then people thinking like, oh, oh Vidyard is going to solve my prospecting problem. Yep. And, and I don't no, mean to bag on Vidyard. Yeah. I was, nice gonna, I was just going to say it's a good <laughs> product, but it, it, it yeah. was, it was a good example of things going too far. Well, and truly yeah. too far. Yeah. Lovely. Okay. Um, so, so what about what's working? What, what do you see? What should be honest, thinking about? The number one, you know, my team will often come to me and be like, what do you think of this? Or what do you think of that? And, and I'll keep saying to them, 90% of the result just comes from doing it. We're only tweaking the last 10%. If you make your dials every day, whether you're using a parallel assisted dialer or you're picking up an old school phone with the rotary dialer, if you're making dials every day, you will get positive outcomes. If you're sending emails and you, you've put effort into that email, you will get positive outcomes. Can you do both of those better? Sure. You know, yeah. absolutely. You can do those better. There's better t- technologies. There's better tactics. There's better techniques, but just doing it is enough to be successful. Yeah. And I, I hope, feel free to disagree with me, but one of the things that I find, and I'm going to expand on your misinformation is yeah. you know th- the opening of your cold call like how important it is? Oh, man. Uh, I I could like find people, <laughs> yeah, I, and I'll do everything wrong. Hi, Mark. How are you? Oh, yeah, good. Yeah. How's your day going? Oh, good. Oh, interesting. Yeah, my kids are on school holiday. It's pr- it's pretty tough. Anyway, I wanted to talk about my product and start talking about my product, and I could still potentially get a meeting. Doing everything wrong, right? Because I'm on the phone. Like I'm still talking to them. The biggest indicator of success about making a meeting on a phone, on a phone call is making the call. Exactly. <laughs> there is literally nothing. I've said the exact same thing. There is no better predictor of success than how many conversations you are having yep. with potential customers. I don't care what the conversation is. You could be talking yep. about the footy. That's also fine. In fact, probably better. But how many conversations you're having, that's what matters. And then what we're tweaking in your messaging is that last 10%. 
Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think I think you're right, and that extends in some way too to email. But I think email is more fragile. Yeah. Particularly for sure with it's more fragile. particularly with what's happening, and you've posted some really interesting things around deliverability. And look, I have to put my hand up here and say. I don't know when you first started talking about it, but I really started yeah. to dig in after I saw, you know, and I don't know whether I saw your stuff a month after or whatever. And I was like, holy crap. You're like, no wonder our open rates and response rates are so crap. We've not been thinking about some of these things. So, you know, some of the stuff that you posted was like the, the light bulb that went off. And then when I started to dig further down, I was like, oh man, this is, this is a problem. But yeah. Tell us about it, deliverability and what, what you know. So, Deliverability, if I started at the highest level, there's this, um, there's this war going on, right? <laughs> Google and Microsoft, he has a conspiracy theory. They want spam and um, phishing emails and scams are a multi, multi, multi billion dollar problem in this world. Their job is to make your, their inbox the most, um, the best environment for their people that are paying them to have their inbox. So they want to remove unsolicited emails. They want to remove spam. And they don't want any spam getting delivered. So we are at war in a sense with Google and Microsoft, right? They've got very clever people working for them, constantly trying to reduce the delivery of people who shouldn't be getting into your inbox. We're trying to work around that, right? So this is a moving feast. And what people didn't realize is that every month or every quarter, whenever it is, updates come through into how emails are being delivered. So what worked last month might not work this month. And so slowly, all of these people sending cold emails were just going from the inbox, maybe first to the promotions folder, then to spam. And a promotions folder, I don't know about yours, but mine is as good as spam. If you're in my promotions folder, you don't exist, right? Yep. Yep. So no one was getting delivered. No one. And at the same time, you've got like Apple privacy where they essentially... Um, reducing the effectiveness of open tracking. So they just open every email at the server level. They open the email, you'll get a notification that's been opened and you know then they scan the email, deliver it to your inbox. So you wouldn't even know that this is happening. If you go to someone's spam folder, you don't get a notification. Hey, sorry, you went through to spam. You just don't get a response. And I'm seeing these emails, these campaigns going out on LinkedIn going, Hey, look at this. I got a 7% response rate. I got a 3% response rate. How good is that? I'm like, wow, that's shit. <laughs> like, like, that is not good. But so people didn't realize. And so that's probably the biggest change. Everyone's going to spam unless you are technically perfect. So what do you mean technically perfect in an email? I mean, so, yeah. so this, is, this is the interesting concept. bit, right? Because to be a... Uh, you know, to be a marketer back in the days of uh, Mad Men, you had to have a good idea and a whiteboard. I've got a whiteboard. Nowadays, you want to be a marketer, you need a bloody engineering degree, uh, like understand all of these different, uh, you know, um, the, the marketing technologies out of this world. And the same is happening with sales, where you have to understand technicals like email deliverability. And so there's some server side technicals, right? Or is your uh, email authenticated, your DKIM, DMARC, SPF? There's a whole lot of like, you know, things to not get into now, but there's some settings which genuinely take five minutes to fix. Five minutes. But if you fixed it, you get in the inbox. If you don't fix it, you don't. You know? So there's some technical things like that. Then there's spam words. What words are you using in your email? That impacts your delivery. There's the, how often you're sending. 
does your cadence look natural to Google? Or is it obvious that you're sending emails that would take eight or 10 minutes to type up and you're sending one every three minutes? All right, well, that is automated. This person is not sending legitimate emails. Let me not put it in this other person's inbox, which is also from Google. They can literally measure your typing rate on your keyboard, right? Like they have these insights and this is who we're trying to beat. So it's become quite technical to get in the inbox. And those that are doing it well, are still getting great success with that channel. And those that are doing it badly, it's an absolute waste of time. Mm. So what does this say, in your opinion, for the future of those sales enablement platforms that, you know, they're selling off the process of, you know, they use an automated outreach and send hundreds of emails a day and, you know, enable your sales team to do cadences at the speed of sound. And I've made that yeah, up, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. And again, this goes back to what I said earlier, like just because the product says it can, doesn't mean it's a good idea. Like, oh, you can automate. Great. You can automate this failure. Yeah. Yeah. You can you just can automate your bad reputation. Faster. <laughs> exactly. You can just, you know, like these in the States, everyone's using like, you know, uh, human assisted dialers or parallel assisted dialers. Like you can make a thousand calls in a day or in an hour. I'm like, well, that's great. And then what do I do tomorrow? Look for a new job because I've called every possible customer. Right? Like yeah. the, the markets here, it depends where you are in APAC, but let's just say in Australia, you have to be very considered. So yes, these tools can do it, but they're not, like you have to find success first, find what's working. And if that's working, you can ramp that up so that you can get things working. And as you're ramping it up, you should look as, is the effectiveness decreasing? And if it is, well, then you have to scale it back down. There's, um, there's a saying that um, like um, SWAT or I don't know, one of those like tactical units would use when moving, th- like clearing through a house. It's like, how quickly should you go? And that's say, as fast as you can, as slow as you need to. Yep. And it's the same with outreach. Like go as quickly as you can while still getting success. But moving quickly and failing quickly, is, there's no point. Yep. Yeah. It, this takes me back to when I first started um, in, in the sales capability game and I met with a, a founder of a small business and I'd literally been there for, you know, three hours p- drawing out his outbound process and he's like, yeah. love it. How quickly can you scale it? I'm like, we haven't even tested it yet. And, and then we got yeah. into like a two-hour two hour argument about and I end up not doing any more work because, you know, they were just, <laughs> they were just like, how can yeah. we scale it? We don't even know if it works yet, man. Like, <laughs> and, and so now the, you also have to like warm up inboxes. That's another technical thing, which just takes time. Mm. You know, uh, when we bring on a new client, like day one, it's like register the email, let's start, let's warm up inbox because this isn't going to be warm, you know, technically for a year. Now, until you've got an aged domain and a warmed domain, you're still um, not at optimal performance, but at least a month, you know, up to four months to get like full value out of that inbox. So these things do just take time. And it's getting harder and more technical. And I think that's where BDRs, if they want the, or SDRs, the biggest improvement that they could make today would just be focusing on getting high conversions, getting in the inbox, understand how that is. That's one of their major tools, email. So they should understand their tool really well. Like if you're a race car driver and you don't know how an engine works, you don't need to know how an engine works to be able to drive. You need to know how like your cockpit works but I bet you there's no racing driver out there that doesn't understand the engine. Yep. Makes sense, doesn't it? But I, th- I do think that 
people have got too short a term focus on the craft of sales development. Yeah. You of know, course, because I, I don't want to do sales development, right? I, I, can I do hard. this? I've been an SDR for one week now. When am I going to get promoted? <laughs> yeah, because it's hard. And you and I know it's hard. And and yeah. I'll get you to repeat what you said about your, your business at this, you know, when we're off off offline before we, as we were talking in the green room and you talked about the business being difficult and doesn't get any easier. Share a little bit about that. I thought yeah, that was well, really interesting. Well, I guess I, something I often say to my clients is what the problem we're solving for you by doing your outbound as a service, the problem we're taking away from you is extremely hard. And when we take it on, that problem doesn't disappear. It just becomes our problem. So now we're building a business of just everyone else's problems, right? Which is, which is amazing. But outbound in general has a, um, a decreasing, diminishing, or a diminishing return on investment. When you have a total addressable market of, say, 1,000 people, the first 100 that you pick up are going to be the easy 100. Those are the ones you have direct dials for. They, they, they meet all of your attributes and the criteria you want perfectly. They're, a good, they're the better fit. Maybe you have some warm referrals to them, whatever it might be. Those 100 are easy. The second 100, harder. By the time you get to number 600, you don't have direct dials anymore. So now you're finding office phones. So it takes you three times longer to get hold of people or four times longer. By the time you're doing 700, you don't even have office lines. You're guessing email addresses. They're not active on LinkedIn. So it just gets harder. And, and so that's why we also really promote, like you have to have high conversion because if you don't have high conversion, as you move through your totally addressable market, naturally you're going to get diminishing returns and diminishing conversion. So you have to make, meet that with quality yeah, and, and front load that revenue too from your better clients. Yeah, nice. Uh, so so what's what's working from, from an outbound point of view? So we spoke a little bit about, you know, what, so what should salespeople be doing? What should SDRs, BDRs be doing to try and be, you know, at the front of the funnel, starting conversations? What do they, what do they need to be good at? What should they be focused on? Like, let's give them something tangible. All right. So th- this isn't tangible, but the thing that's working is what's always worked, and that is consistency, right? Consistency. Um, but in terms of channels, every business is a bit different. My email can be a fantastic channel. Phone is a fantastic channel. In my mind, still primary and still the best. Um, social selling, a phenomenal channel. LinkedIn used to just be used as more of an outbound channel, but it, that's quickly changing to be more of an inbound channel. And I think all the SDRs and BDRs really should be taking marketing courses because that is where the role is progressing towards. That's social selling, um, representing yourself as an expert and being able to do that quickly is is a remarkable skill. And those combined, social selling, um, LinkedIn as an outbound channel, phone, email, are all great channels. And when you bring them together, and for each each uh, vertical, each industry, each company, it will be different how you bring them together. But when you do bring them together in the right way, it's like um, it's like cooking. You know, each ingredient in itself is nice; it tastes good. But if you bring them together, the sum is greater than the whole. The whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of people I talk to that are trying to avoid having to use the phone. They're looking for every other opportunity. Every other channel, every other excuse, every tool, 
Mark, that's that's my dirty little secret. Yeah, you know, people yeah. ask me why I started Pointer, and I've got all of these. Um, you know, I wanted to help people, and and that's all true. But there's another deep secret of why I did it. Is that I hate cold calling. <laughs> I will. I you know the, everyone has that one task at their house that um that they never want to do, and it's the one that they always like push off till the end. That's cold calling, right? It hurts. You feel rejection. Yep. It goes against yep. everything in basic human instincts, and. I was like, here I am, a super successful professional sales person, and I hate cold calling. You know, you just imagine every normal person, you know, yep. who doesn't have the um, the desire to be a successful salesperson like me and doesn't want to like take pride in their professionalism as a sales professional. How hard must they be avoiding it? And I have seen other sales professionals also not talking about their dirty little secrets of hating the phone. So I thought like, that's part of our started point is like, hold on, like if I could actually just take this pain away from them, they'd be pretty happy, right? Like, all right, now they can really just enjoy their job. But that being said, there are ways to make it less painful. There are ways to make it more successful, more enjoyable. Um, and once you start doing it, you start realizing uh, you'd, you'd built up this call, this call reluctance and you can get over that. And so like, there's a whole lot of, um, ways to coach and and get people over those obstacles, uh, but yeah, cold call reluctance and call avoidance is a very common theme in sales. And the best part is, as a owner, as a founder, as a sales leader, let me tell you one thing. You know how like drug addicts are like super good at hiding their drug use, like they become absolute professional liars. Salespeople yeah. become very good at hiding. Their cold call reluctance. They can muddy, ah, oh, I spoke to the person, they weren't keen. You know, like there's always some way to hide the genuine truth of the outcome of like what's going on or what isn't going on. And that muddied water is absolute poison for founders, for the product team, for the marketing team, because that sales team is that front line with the customer. And when they feeding back bad information or bad um, data, whatever it might be, because they're trying to hide their cold call reluctance um, or some other um, challenge that they're having within sales, the rest of the company is making decisions off the back of that. Yep. So I, I see that all the time, all the time. Yeah. Nobody and, likes to talk about it. <laughs> no. And and look, you know, I, I'm quite open. Like I make a, a few phone calls every week. Like I don't make, I don't spend 20 hours making outbound calls, but you know, I spend yeah. hours making calls. And I've got to play music and get myself psyched up, you know, to make yep. calls, you know. And if that's me, imagine what it's like for people that aren't conscious or aren't conscious of the skill as much as what I am. So, and you know, and I was, I've got people on my team that are different. You know, they wired differently to me. They're like, Ricky, like, I appreciate all of the emails and the LinkedIn, but like, I just hate the admin. Can you please just put phone numbers in front of me? I just want to sit and make phone calls. I'm just be like, you're a special breed of human and I'm thankful to have you. But like, that is not me, right? I'm, yeah. I'm like you. I, I do the calls because I also take pride in the fact that like, I want to say I'm, I'm brave and I want to say that like, I don't give in to my fears and I don't give in to uncomfortable uh, situations. And so I've developed a way to love cold calling, but it's not for the love of cold calling in and of itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. All right, so Ricky, um, thanks thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. How can people get in contact with you? What's so either if they're like I say, they they should follow your content, um, or secondly, if if they think that they want to talk to you about you know hiring you. 
LinkedIn's LinkedIn's probably the best way. People are welcome to cold call me. You know, um, that's that's how I get my best recruits. I'll put my number into every marketing machine, so I get a cold call, and like, well, this person's really good. Is this call being recorded? You know, <laughs> I, I want to. But no, LinkedIn's a great way to get hold of me. Uh, connect with me. Start a conversation, though. Uh, I prefer people to not follow to actually engage. And um, yeah, uh, we're very giving of of uh, advice. There's no secrets in cold outbound. Secrets doing it. So we're always happy to share every technique that we know. And if it helps people be more successful, then you know that that makes us feel great. Yep. And look, definitely give Ricky a follow, send him a connection request. I absolutely think he's putting out some of the best content, certainly in this country, um, but you know, certainly across the globe, you're certainly one of the good guys. So I appreciate you taking the time to come on to the uh, Boss Podcast, mate. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And just before you cut it off, I just want to give a shout out. Some of the techniques that you've given, and, and there's a lot, but in particular, um, I just want to recall your, how you spoke about using SMS within a cadence. I think that was just a stroke of genius. And um, if anyone hasn't listened to that episode, they should like, I don't know, go back in there in, in your history and, and pull that one out now. Uh, thank you very much. We've got the mutual outbound uh, praise society going on here. Yeah. Ricky, here we go. Ricky Pearl, Neural Legend. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Hey, if you've been enjoying listening to this podcast, my guess is you're someone who's trying to kick a few sales goals. If you're looking for a hook to land a new client or perhaps just some sales inspiration, jump across to my Gumroad page. You can find it at markmc.gumroad.com. There's a bunch of stuff to help you be better at sales right away. For example, you can grab a copy of Tactical Pipeline Growth along with all the templates and scripts, or maybe even grab some time in my diary for a one-on-one sales capability discussion. Either way, check it out. That's at markmc.gumroad.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.